Hello again. Um, last time Peter and I were talking about uh, conviction. What, what, what was it again? Conviction. Conviction to habits. Conviction to habits. And I shared a story of a, um, a, a now a friend of mine, and uh, he had been delivered, or he'd, he'd found... The, the plumber. Uh, yeah, he, he's a plumber, and he, um, he, he came to Christ and was delivered from his alcoholism, and uh, his catch line, which I've remembered vividly, was, you know, God delivered me, but I had to put legs on it. So that's why we've called, had to put legs on it. Um, this particular episode, but uh, I was sharing with Peter something of, of what Headley had actually shared with me because I think it, you know, it, it really does sum up a lot. And um, here is an excerpt from an email that he sent me soon after I sent him an article called "What About the Plumbers," um, written by Gil Can um, in the um, one of the latest Oikos magazines. And he says he says this. This is Headley speaking about reading the article. Thanks for the article. Yeah, I relate to that. Even in the early days of coming to the Lord, I had not yet gone back fully into into the working world after farming for five years plus, and at that, not knowing the Lord. I was becoming aware that the common man and woman in the church are not embodied by the church you get preached to on a Sunday, blah, 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 how we are to be the light of the world. Then left to virtually fend for themselves until the following Sunday, and so goes a cycle. One could keep on going and go on about it, but it didn't help either unless one looks away for change. I stepped back outside for two years with my own disillusionment and became more disillusioned. So that ain't the answer. Only come back with different eyes. So when I met up with guys like you and are given a window of sharing, it is as if heaven has been opened, a door on a dry day has freshened one. Though I must say in the nearly 25 years in the Lord, or probably should I say he's been with me, because it certainly I wasn't there with him at times, though still aware of him, fellowshipping where I am, is probably the first time I really feel home. And that was the line that I just wanted to share with Peter. Fellowshipping where I am is probably the first time I really feel home. Here's a guy who was delivered by Christ and he's put legs on it over the years, see, in and out and up and down. See, as we're looking at habits, Joppo, the danger is again that the legs that we put on it will become another system that we then hold up as a work that we've carried out. And other people can see it. And, and other people can it. see it. Yeah, yeah. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I must come to your house today, or I must come to your home today. Uh, your mate, the plumber, says, where I'm fellowshipping now is probably the first time I really feel home. What if the habits that we are invited into aren't so much something that we can hold up as religious activities but are anything that leads us deeper and deeper into intimacy with the Heavenly Father through what Jesus has done on the cross because the Holy Spirit indwells us. Mm -hmm. And so the invitation is for each one of us to ask Holy Spirit God, Holy Spirit God, how, how do you want to grow me into deeper and richer intimacy with the Father? Now, intimacy is very personal. It's a heart connection. It's not just a religious activity we perform. You know, I'm really unimpressed if people say I've read the Bible in a year because uh, if you've heard me speak, I've, I've done that three or four times. And one particular year, the Holy Spirit convicted me that what I was doing was actually a load of crock because I was doing it in order to impress God, impress myself and impress others. And by about August in that year, he invited me not to read the word for a month. So the way I put legs on intimacy with the Father that month was by not reading the Bible. Okay, 
Okay. Okay. So you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can make anything into religious activity. Oh, I'm going to read a story that some of you have heard from me before. It's a letter written by a young man in World War One back home. Well, we took the hill all right, but God knows how many of our mates died trying to capture it. When I was home in Bathurst, you never dreamed men could feel about each other the way we have down here. When Jim died last week, I took him in my arms and kissed him and cried like a baby. I love the stupid big cow with my guts. I suppose June will think I've turned queer or something, but she knows me better than that. I used to sleep close to Jim more than once in the trenches. You could hardly say we were on with one another, but it felt good, decent, even grand to be close, not queer at all. Why didn't Dad or someone tell me that when I was home? Why did I have to come over here to this dirty butcher's shop of guns and broken bodies to find it out? A man needs a woman, all right, but he needs a man too. And I don't see how you really live an honest life without waking up to that. It's much more than boozing together. We've been happily skunked many times, but real fellow feeling is for stone-cold sober days. You shouldn't have to hide behind your grog to show how you feel for a mate. Mm, gee. Now, Joppo, that, that touches me because what, that, what that's about is intimacy. And they found intimacy in the midst of suffering. Yeah. And the line that I think affects all of us is, why didn't Dad or someone teach me that when I was home? Mm. Now, we can all <clears throat> tell someone, go to church at 9.30 on Sunday, here's a Bible, read it, pray, but unless we're saying to people, I don't really give a rat's what you do, but I invite you to grow deeper and deeper into the God who loves you. So who are you as an individual? What's your personality? How do you grow? How do you do life? How does the Father connect with you? How, what's your love language? How do you receive love? Are you a listening person? Are you a reading person? Are you a one chapter a day person or a one verse a day person? Are you a person who talks to God in the car or while you're running like I do? Or do you do it while sleeping on the couch like my wife does? You know, it's not about having the right habit, but it's about growing in intimacy with the God who loves you. And for that plumber, mate, what he found uh, from that email that you read out, Craig, is that fellowshipping where he is, is the first time he's felt home. What that World War One letter says is that, when I was over here in this blood and guts factory, I was connected with a couple of other blokes and I really felt home. Mm, mm. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I must go to your house today. And Zacchaeus was radically changed. Intimacy with the Father grows as an expression of our intimacy with other people. If you're a classic introvert, then we still need times with other people to be con connected and then we go back and reflect on that connection. If we're a classic extrovert, we get connected with other people, but we shut up in the midst of the other people to listen to what God is saying in the midst of it. So I believe putting legs on it happens as we journey in life with other people. Find your one or your two or your three others who you can journey with and who you can share life with uh, other people who accept you and remind you of the acceptance that you have and where your identity is based, people with whom you have that belonging so you, you grow in believing, and, uh, and let that conviction grow the habits of connecting 
with the one or two or three others that will see you growing. You, you know, the other day I was driving through the Adelaide Hills having a Skype conversation with a brother in Japan who's going through a time of transition. Modern technology means that we can, we can, and it was a deep heart sharing. We said, we haven't got long, let's cut to the chase quickly. And there was intimacy and love and affection and cheering and encouraging all expressed in that. So we're only limited, Craig, by our imagination. I'm reminded, Peter, and I hope this fits. If it doesn't, just write it off and, you know, sit back and make yourself a cup of tea. But um, this is from Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. I was just reading a section the other day, and it, it said this, Jesus make, made it unmistakably clear that the knowledge of the truth will set us free. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Good feelings will not free us. Ecstatic experiences will not free us. Getting high on Jesus will not free us. Without a knowledge of the truth, knowing Christ, we will not be free. This principle is true in every area of human endeavour. It is true in biology and mathematics. It is true in marriages and other human relationships. But it is especially true in reference to the spiritual life. Many are hampered and confused in the, in the spiritual walk by a simple ignorance of the truth. Worse yet, many have been brought to the most cruel bondage by false teaching. Um, what I thought was in that little passage was um, him basically saying, you know, if you, if you want to learn maths, you've got to apply yourself to maths. Well, that, that, story, yeah, yeah. that story speaks to me because... Uh, for about six months, there's been an area of my life which um, I've I've come to the realization I can't uh, I, I can't do on my own, and so as I've asked the Holy Spirit about it, uh, one person's name has come to mind, and that person is a dear brother of mine. We're journeying together more and more closely these days, Michael Dutchke. And. So six months ago, when he first came to mind, what you would expect me to say is, I rang Michael Dutchke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I didn't. Right. Okay. So I've struggled along for the last six months, limp limping along. Yeah, running, but running with a limp. And uh, probably about a fortnight ago, the conviction became really strong. Peter, this really needs to be shared with a brother. And that's Michael Dutchke. About two days after that, Michael Dutchke rings up and says, Peter, can I book up next Wednesday with you? Uh, I've got some asbestos all wrapped up in plastic. I need to take it to the asbestos dump. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, wondering yeah, where yeah, that all, was going. All, no, all wrapped up. Can, <laughs> can you come and give me a hand? So I book out the day. Don't tell Mark Hennessy. That's illegal. Anyway. No, no, well, to a proper oh, okay, right, proper, yeah, proper, yeah. Re <laughs> proper receptacle dump. So, <laughs> so, uh, so then the day before that, a couple of days ago, uh, Michael Dutchke sends me a text and says, oh, uh, asbestos dealt with... Don't need to drop it anymore, but I'm still coming to your place at 11. So Michael turns up, and he's got two or three things that he wants to talk about. So we talk about those things, and I'm sitting there thinking, here's this bloke that the Holy Spirit has given me six months ago about this particular issue. Uh, now's the time to share it. So I left it to what I thought was the last possible minute and said, oh, by the way, I've, I've got to make an appointment with you one day because there's some uh, things, three particular areas where I've got sucked into the whole performance mentality in my relationship with God again. And uh, he just looks at me and says, well, I'm not doing anything for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And you think at that point I'd go, oh, fantastic. And I'd go, oh, no. I was thinking later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, like, later. Like my dad said, don't put off to tomorrow to work and uh, to, the, you know, to the there's, the there's, there's, a, there's a verse in um, 
in Exodus where Moses goes to Pharaoh with the plagues and specifically the one with all the frogs. There are frogs everywhere. And finally, Pharaoh's had a gut full of all these frogs. And, and he said, Moses, Moses, you know, I, I, I'll let the people go and I, I want to get rid of the frogs. And Moses says, well, we can get rid of the frogs. When do you want to get rid of the frogs? And Pharaoh says, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Like I said. And, and I've heard a sermon on, I've heard a sermon on that, you know, why, why does it, when it comes to spiritual issues, we often put off, we often say tomorrow. So, so we're going to, why spend another night with the frogs? So anyway, here's Michael Dutchke. And so I just said, okay, this is the time and this is the place. And I shared with him the three particular areas of my journey uh, where I've slipped back into performance mentality. And, you know, it was the most beautifully freeing time. There was, at no sense was I under condemnation but I experienced acceptance. My identity was re-established. Uh, I experienced in Michael such a love and a belonging that that reinforced my believing. And, and Craig, there's now a new conviction that's come out of me. And my whole point of that story is that it was in a relationship of fellowship with another brother yeah. where there was intimacy. And some of you have heard me say before that intimacy could really be spelt in to me see so I was brave enough to let Michael see into me and he shared he shared some hard things Yeah. so it wasn't a pretty pretty time but oh Craig I'm, there's now a fire in me yeah. to rekindle the habits of connecting with other brothers that came out of the conviction it's, it's like a refreshment and something I was going to say it is a refreshment I was going to say the last episode of this one that you know our habits have to be our habits are not formed in isolation from community exactly that that, that they are something which um, we walk out together over time you know I think I've shared in varying degrees with varying people about you know a bloke that I I kept saying to him you know we must have a cup of coffee because I had things I wanted to share with him that I thought would help him and um, I uh, I eventually thought you know I see him once a week on a squash court we have a two-minute conversation what's a year of Tuesday's going to be compared to one two-hour session where I think I can convince him of what I think is my is the best way ahead for him. Exactly. He wasn't interested in having a coffee, but we can uh, have a relationship over the long haul. You know, what, what's that saying of Rick Warren's? We overestimate what we can do in one year and underestimate what God can do in 10. I think it applies yeah. to, because relationships are, 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 are slow and they're beautiful and they're deep. So putting legs on it is all about intimacy. It's all about in a connection with other people and it's all about living out of that love that we've experienced over the long period of time, fellowshipping with others. Ladies, guys, I know many of you are doing it. I encourage you in that. I affirm you in it. But through a phone call, through a Skype, through uh, a coffee, but being intentional about getting together and sharing our hearts will see us grow in the conviction of our true identity and the love and acceptance the Father gives us. I okay, that's a good way to finish. Thanks, Peter.